All right, there we go. So I was getting ready to um, preach, and I, um, I didn't set my phone to do not disturb, so all these messages keep coming through and all this random stuff that I don't really care about, like games that I play once in a great while. Um, apparently, I'm low on wheat on one of my games, so I need to restock the wheat, so I don't know. Anyway, stone is doing okay, but the wheat is, is low. <sighs> all right, anyway. So it says this, if we're not friendly, if we're not friendly, then friendship evangelism is null and void. And then he says, if the church had more of an agenda free, judgment free, loving and listening, then the unchurched wouldn't be so wary of us. And then the, the synopsis of it is the church doesn't need friendship, friendship evangelism. We just need to be more friendly. And I thought, that's true. We need to. We need to. And I'm like, that ties in really well with what I'm going to talk about today. So, um, if you don't know me, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like, I have a podcast app that actually popped up and said, hey, there's a new episode. I'm like, do not disturb right now. And um, so, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to pretty much anything I can get my hands on to. I like to listen to um, preaching. I like to listen to stuff on family. Um, I listen to drama podcasts. Um, I like to listen to fiction and different things like that that, you know, because I get bored at work and I'm just like, you know, typing away and I just need to listen to something to take my mind off the, all the drudgery of, of work sometimes. And, um, but I also like to listen to podcasts that are secular podcasts and have an alternate worldview than what I have. <gasps> yeah, I know. I told you that. So what happens is, is this, is when I listen to them, I hear their perspective on life. I hear their perspective on God, family, whatever it is, and because I need to know where the, the culture is going and where my culture is. It's not like I'm taking them and go, oh, that is just so good. I believe all of what they believe. No, absolutely not. I, 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 but I can take in and say, I'm going to listen to their, their point of view because I need to understand where people are coming from. If I only take a point of view from everybody in the church, my worldview is very narrow, and I don't understand where culture is going. I, we have to be the ones to direct culture. And if we don't know what is starting to happen in culture, we can't try to redirect culture back into what God is doing. So I was listening to um, just a couple different things, and I, I actually was listening to one podcast, and, um, and I've listened to it you know, a few times here and there, and um, it was... It was always a good podcast. I, I was listening to it, and I was like, oh, that's really good. You know, it's a good this and good that. And then um, a couple days later, I was I tuned into the new one, and I was like, oh, okay, that's that's different. And um, the, the person who had been preaching and teaching and, and giving words of wisdom and words of knowledge and prophetic words over people um, came out and said, the Lord told me that I was, it was okay for me to be a homosexual. And, and just give me a moment here. And I had to, to stop and, and take a moment to think about this because not like I'm like, oh, well, maybe he's right. No, I had to t stop and think about this because I had to recall all of the different times that I had heard that person speak and say, they gave a good word on this. They gave a good word on this. They gave a good word on this, but I heard 
prophetic words. I heard different things that came out, had good words of knowledge, discerning of spirits. But the one thing that happened was he got deceived by not being able to discern a spirit. By not being able to discern what was telling him was okay and what was wrong, what was right. The person who was was excellent at discerning spirits for other people got deceived himself. And that made me start to think, it's like, if, if we can be deceived that easily, where are, wow, that was really loud. You know, I'm just turning everything on mute right now. Hold on a second here. So, here's the thing is, he was discerning spirits for other people, giving people prophetic words and words of knowledge, but he was deceived by his own, in his own life. So there was doubt, there was no doubt that he heard from God in the past. He was hearing for people. But I had to start to think about this. Makes you wonder all the words that he had given because the Spirit was leading him in truth. He couldn't discern the, 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 a deceptive Spirit for himself. And it made me start to think back. Okay, what the words that he said and the, the things that he did, oh, were they valid? Were they led by God? Or were they pushed by whatever he was believing and whatever he was allowing his ear and allowing his thoughts and allowing his life, were they actually led by the right Spirit? And I think we need to be able to discern the spirit of truth from the spirit of deception. And don't get me wrong, you know, it's not like an angel of light came to him and said, oh, by the way, this is happening. What happens is, is this, is when we're deceived, it's not some, somebody um, coming to us and saying, oh, by the way, this is how it's supposed to be. Usually it's somebody whispering in our ear. It's the ear, it's the, the whispers that we allow in our ears that start to lead us from the, tr- the path of truth. And, it, and we eventually become fooled, deceived. When you're led from truth, you get deceived, you get fooled, you get hoodwinked, bamboozled, whatever you want to call it, you get tricked. And so I listened to the entire interview, an hour and a half of it, because I wanted to know. I wasn't going to just say, nope, I'm writing it off. I'm going to write it off, and I'm going to not. I wanted to give him a chance to to speak his view i will give anybody a chance to speak their view i may not agree with it but i wanted to and he spoke some really harsh words but they were true words about the church Um, for generations we've looked at homosexuality and people who have lived that lifestyle and treated them as god doesn't love them as they are not um, worthy of being treated with love and with disrespect. Do we agree with their lifestyle? Absolutely not. But I think as a human being created in the image of God, they deserve to have respect given to them. We may not, I may not agree with everything everybody says, everybody does, but we all have the right to treat them with respect. But there was something that... um, really uh struck me he said the truth is and i agreed with this the truth is god loves them and wants them to all be part of his kingdom that is true he wants them to be part of his kingdom but i what i struggled with was what he said the first part was god wanted me to be this way and i thought you know what how many times have we believed the enemy coming to us and we go well you know i really feel like this is right 
You know, here's the thing is when you feel like something is right in your life, you need to double check it with somebody. You need to go to your spouse. If there's something major going on and you double check it with your spouse and they feel like it's right. And you're like, but you still have that little bit of, you need to double check it with somebody who has more wisdom than you, more knowledge than you, and understands the word of God better than you. Because what happens is, is I've seen this hundreds of times. They believe one way. God created me this way. God told me to go do this. And it fails. Or their life becomes a mess. Sarah and I have um, worked with probably 200 kids and watching them make the choices they've made. Some are good. You, you, you. <laughs> My kids especially. Um, but watching some of those kids grow up and make the choices they've made and, oh, God told me to do this. And watching them not be able to discern the spirit of truth in their life. So, you know, thinking about this and watching um, this happen and watching people um, be led astray, thinking that it was okay and God was telling them to do that, but really it was their own heart, their own desires, their own mind, um, someone else whispering in their ear telling them, this is okay to do that. And, and what, I, what I struggled with is this, is in watching what he said um, was true because a lot of the times the church has treated people like that. And here's the thing is, we want to, as Christians, a lot of times we want to say, well, that sin is worse than my sin, and your sin is not as bad as my sin because, you know, I, I'm closer to God. Sin is sin is sin. Sin all leads, no matter what sin is, it leads us away from God. It, it, it breaks that connection with God. And I'm not going to justify anybody's lifestyle. I'm not going to justify my, my, my own sin. I'm just saying sin separates us from God. And we can love a person and not agree with their lifestyle. We can love a person and not agree with the, the life that they're living and the sin that they live in. We've all sinned. It says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means we all are not perfect. Surprise, we're not perfect. Um, yeah, I know. I was like, what? Yeah. But Second Peter 3, 9 says this. Now the Lord is slow about enacting his promise. Slow in how some people want to characterize it. No, he is not slow, but patient and merciful. Not wanting anyone to be destroyed, but wanting everyone to turn away from following their own path and turn towards God's. That's the thing is, God has, God doesn't immediately, the first time he sees sin, well, boom, lightning bolt from heaven, strike you down, you're gone. It doesn't work that way. God is merciful and he is gracious and he is just. And that last phrase, just, means that he is going to get justice, that he is going to say, hey, this is how it has to be. But he is not immediately going, well, I'm going to strike you down. No, he gives us a he gives us lifetimes to turn from our sin he gives us lifetimes to turn from what we have done but thinking about this and hearing that story and listening to that i was like you know what it really just solidified that there is a deceiver out there there is an enemy of our soul and that is the satan that is the devil and he is there looking to deceive us in every way possible He's like, you know, how can I fool them into believing something that is not true? 
and that they take it so far that they actually start to preach it as it, as it is true. And I'm like, okay, I, I understand that he's looking to deceive us. But Second Thessalonians 2.10 says he employs every manner of wicked deception. He's not just trying to fool you in one thing. He's trying to deceive you in every area of your life to believe a lie so that this lie will eventually pull you off of the path that you're supposed to be on. He's like, how can I, I can't stop Jesus. I can't stop what he's done. But he's like, I can stop a human being. I can deceive them. I can drag them off on a weird path. I can make them fall into sin and believe that that sin is a lie and try to separate them as far as I possibly can from God. You know, think about this. He deceived Eve and Adam. And they had the perfect relationship with God. They literally walked in the garden with God. They spent time with him. They walked through the garden with God, and he deceived them. So how much more easier is it going to be for us? Think about it. They didn't know. They weren't born into sin. They were born into a perfect relationship, and they still got deceived. Well, if you do this, you're going to be just like God. You'll know what God is. There's always something in man that wants to know more, be more powerful, be more um, understanding of something. And so Adam and Eve are like, well, you know, hey, if, if I, then we can, we'll, we'll know more. We'll be able to have better conversations with God. And he deceived Eve. And then, you know, she gives it to her husband. And then he blames it on the woman. A woman did it. It's the woman's fault. But Adam didn't, Adam didn't take responsibility for the deception that happened in his own life. So knowing that there is deception and knowing that it will come, that things will try to deceive you, try to fool you, how do we combat that? How do we combat in our own lives and also lead others into truth, into knowing what is right and what is wrong? I think... The best way to to look at this is a um, parents and and children relationship. When they're young, we have to teach them foundational truths of who they are, um, not just in in the body of Christ, but as uh, a son and daughter in the family. We don't be like, you know, hey, you're just some random kid and throw food at them. We have to we have to um, teach them that they are loved by their parents, that they are taken care of by their parents. Kids don't. naturally lana you're right there i get to use you lana will come up to me and say hey are you guys going somewhere i'm like yeah we're we're, we're gonna go we a couple weeks ago we went to um big rapids she's like um can i go i'm like yeah you want to go she's like are you guys gonna go out to eat and she's i'm like she naturally just goes hey are you guys gonna go out to eat are you gonna go to culver's because i want to know if you're going to culver's and so, like, she comes up because she has an understanding of who she is in the household and who she is in the family, that she has rights. She understands that she can ask mom and dad, are we going to go to Culver's because I want to get, you know, a concrete mixer or whatever she wants to get. And she smiles because she knows she does it. She's really good at it, too. She's really good at it. But she has the ability to do that because she has rights in the household. And we've taught her that she has value in what she has in in who she is as a a daughter in the house um and so as a father and a mother we have to teach our children that they have a value that who they are in the house that they have a rights to this household just as much as we do again they're not the head of the household but they 
also, they don't get to say, hey, we're going to go to Culver's, get in the car. They have the right to say, uh, are you guys going to go to Culver's? Can we go with you? Um, and uh, she's like, when I'm married, I'm still coming home for dinner every night. She goes, I don't want to pay for food. <laughs> I'm like, but that's the thing is, like, as children of God, we know the rights that we have with him. We can come to the table. We can uh, sit at the table, eat, have wisdom from the table. And we know how to teach our children what is right, what is wrong, what is false and what is correct, what is truth and what is a lie. And so when we do that, we have to learn that from God as, as his children. It's a, it's a different set of characteristics and a different, different set of, of um, teachings they are. But I think one thing that we need to do is recognize and acknowledge the Holy Spirit as a person who leads us into truth. And they, he does that by dwelling in us and filling us. You know, a lot of people want to say, oh, the Holy Spirit's our helper. Yes, he is. That is one aspect of who the Holy Spirit is. The rest of the Holy Spirit, you know what the rest of the Holy Spirit is? He gives gifts. He fills us. Filling of the Holy Spirit is completely different than the, the Holy Spirit living in your life. People are like, oh, the Holy Spirit, yeah, he lives in my life. Well, okay, does he live in your life or is he filling you? Because if he's filled you in a constant refilling, that's a completely different thing. But we need to acknowledge him. I think too many people are like, oh, the Holy Spirit, he's just my helper. When I need something from him, I go and have him go do it for me. It's not how it works. It's not how it works. Sorry. Um, when he leads us in truth, he does, he's doing this. He's, he's dwelling in our lives. He's, if you've invited him into your life, when you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes upon you and he lives in your life because that's a gift that God, Jesus has given us. But... When he fills us, he fills us with power and he fills us with wisdom. So what happens is, is this, is when we have the Holy Spirit in our life, he's filling us with wisdom and power and guidance. And what happens is it allows us to receive truth in a greater way. Because we have a more direct connection. And instead of just saying, oh, the Holy Spirit's there. When I pray, go take my prayer up to Jesus or whatever. You know, people have the weirdest views of the Holy Spirit and how he works. Um, you know, they act like he's a messenger service to the, to a, um, you know, like, He's like Uber Eats. God, I really need this. Can you do this? Holy Spirit, go take this to God and bring it back to me when I need it. No, it doesn't work that way. We don't pray to the Holy Spirit. We pray to God. Pray to the Father. And here's the thing is, when the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, when he is recognized as who he is, not just some helper, errand boy, when he's recognized as part of who God is, the trinity of of being a, a person and not just a, a random, you know, too many people think he's like Casper the ghost, just floating through the air and, and waiting to help you and, and, you know, be nice to you and kind to you. And it's really not that way. Sorry, I'm sorry if I offended Casper the ghost, but, um, but he will lead you in truth. He will give you the truth in your life. The Holy Spirit will always point you back to the Son, and the Son will always point you back to the Father. The Holy Spirit is there to confirm what the Word of God says in your life and what the Word of God has spoken to you. The Holy Spirit is not there just to, you know, hover around you. He's there to lead us in truth. He will always point us back to the Son. And if you look at Jesus, what did Jesus do? He always pointed back to the Father. He said, I'm here to do my Father's work. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he talks about there's no way to the Father except through me. So Jesus is always, Jesus is that doorway to the Father, but the Holy Spirit is always going to push us back and always point us back to what God is doing through His Son. 
So we always have to look at and say, okay, what is the Holy Spirit doing this, doing in my life? So John 4, 17, excuse me, John 14, 17 says this, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So that's proof right there that the Holy Spirit is not just to, to be around you, but he's supposed to dwell in us. He's supposed to empower us and fill us. And it's not just a, a one-time thing. It's a, a renewing filling because think about it. You drink a glass of water. When you get to the end and you're still thirsty, what do you do? You refill it. We need that refilling of the Holy Spirit in our life to lead us in truth to not be deceived because the enemy, I was uh, reading uh, an article and this guy kept tell, saying that the, the devil is a, is, a, is a roaring lion. I said, no, you, I said, you do, do not read that four letter word in front of it. it says he is like a roaring lion. And I, and I was like, so many people will quote that scripture without using that one word in front of it because, oh, he's just this horrible thing going around trying to ravage us. Yes, he is, but he's not powerful. You only, he's only powerful when you give him power. You're, you're only giving him power when you start to believe his lies. You're only uh, letting him have power over you when you start to believe his lies. So next time you read that, remember to highlight that or underline that little word that says like. Because like and is are two different things. It's kind of like that. Uh, he goes around um, big bark, no bite kind of thing. It's kind of like uh, a declawed cat going around and roaring, saying, I'm going to come and get you. So, um, so yeah, we need the, the Holy Spirit to always point us back to Scripture, or when we read Scripture, always point us back to the Father and to the, and to the Son. We need to learn to hear Him. We need to tune our ear to His frequency. And I think so many times we feel like, well, I just can't hear God. Well, here's the thing. Sometimes we just need to shut off what's going on up here and start to learn how to hear from Him. It's, it's kind of like, most of you don't, most of the younger ones don't realize this, but there used to be this thing on your car stereo, you'd have to turn it, and you push the button, and it would bring it part of the way over, and you turn it the rest of the way to tune in to what you wanted to. There was four buttons, and you'd push it, and the, the thing would slide, and then you'd tune it a little farther, and you wanted to go back, you'd hit the far right button, and it would bring it back, and then you'd turn it a little farther to get in what you wanted to. It wasn't like one of those, oh, oh I just pushed number six, and it's there. No, it didn't work that way. And I think hearing from God starts out with, pushing the button and, and turning this way and turning this way till we can tune in properly. And eventually as we mature and we, as we get older in, in maturity and understanding God, we just push the button and say, this is where God is speaking to me right now. It becomes easier as we mature and as we hear God and we, as we understand his voice and understand how he speaks. Think about Samuel struggled to hear from God. Eli didn't even realize it was God for a minute. And then he's like, oh, wait a minute. This is the high priest of God saying, hey, go, Nope, wasn't me. Nope, wasn't me. Third time's like, wait a minute. Hmm. Yeah, I probably should have got this the second time. But it's just tuning up, it's tuning our hearts and our and our and our minds and into what God is doing. I think so many times we read scripture and we 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 gloss over it because what we're waiting to do is like, Holy Spirit, just speak to me. I, I want an audible. No, he's speaking to you through his word. He's speaking to you through when you pray. You ever prayed and then just stopped and listened? 
it's amazing what happens if you, if you just don't if you just pray and then move on it's hard to have a, a one-sided conversation with god and so we have to tune our ears to what he's doing if the high priest didn't realize it was god at first don't be don't be worried it's okay you're going to tune in you're going to be um eventually able to just understand hey this is god there's times where Sarah and I are having conversations and I'm like, I, she's saying something, I'm like, right there, that's what God's saying right there. This is what we need to do. This is what we're going to do. And there's times where I'm talking, she's like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, but there's times where we're having conversations, like this morning, we were having a conversation on the way in and she's like, boom. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. And that's good. And Lana's just in the back smiling because she's like, I was just, you know, me and Sarah are having this conversation for 10 minutes and Lana's just in the back and we totally just, you know, glossing over that she's even there. Yeah, we were talking about the word, what God is speaking to us about the word and what he's wanting us to say while we're on our way to speak the word and hear the word. So God can speak to us in so many ways and it doesn't have to be in this alone time in a, in a, a closet with a door shut and a flashlight in the Bible and saying, God, speak to me now. God can speak to you in the car while he's, you're speaking, having a conversation with your spouse. And you and my wife and I are confirming it with each other that God is saying this and God is speaking this and God is doing this. So God is always speaking. We just have to tune ourselves to it. We have to tune our hearts to it. And I think what, what really will stop us is, is hard heartedness. If we have a soft heart, it is easier to hear from God, but bitterness and anger and all the things that, and, and angry at life is what stops us from hearing God very well. It will just, it, it's like, you guys remember the old, um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there used to be uh, back in like the early 2000s, you knew when your cell phone was going to ring because if you had a computer, your speakers would let you know about five seconds before <laughs> your phone was going to ring and go, and you're like, oh, phone's going to ring. You'd pick your phone up and wait for it to, to ring. Yes, I'm, I'm dead serious. I, we had a set of those. Our first computer had those speakers with it. And we knew when the phone was going to ring. It would just like, it would make this weird chirpy sound. And I was like, yep, that's, we're going we're gonna to get a phone call here. And I think we need to be um, so sensitive that we know when God is going to speak to us. Is there times in our life where we're doing something and we're like, man. And you're like, oh, I know God's going to speak to me about this because I know I need to hear something from him. It could be good, it could be bad, we could be in, in a good situation, bad situation, whatever it is, but there's times where we just sense that God is going to speak to us and going to give us what we need to hear, whether we want to hear it or not. And you're like, oh, yep, I really needed to hear that from God. I didn't want to hear that from God, but I really needed to hear that from God. In John 15, 26, it says this, but when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you, from my Father, this is Jesus talking. Remember, Jesus is always pointing back to the Father. The Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Think about this. These three are... Con How many of you guys seen that Spider-Man meme with all of them pointing at each other? Yeah, we've all seen that Spider-Man meme with all the Spider-Mans pointing at each other. Well, most of us have. If you haven't, I'm sorry. You're not missing much. But um, it's they, there's a reason why they call it the Trinity. They're always revol it always revolves around God. It's all they all three are God. They're three persons in one. And the thing is, it always revolves back. Son is pointing to the Father. The Father is pointing, saying, The Holy Spirit is here to help you. The Holy Spirit's pointing back. This is the Son who gives you truth. The Son is back. 
is, is uh, pointing back to the Father and saying, he's the one that gave me the truth to present to you. But he says, the, fa- the Holy Spirit will bear witness of me from the Father. You know, I, I look at the Holy Spirit and without the Holy Spirit, wisdom does not come. I've said this probably a gazillion, bazillion times. I don't know how many that is, but I've said you can read the Word of God and without the Holy Spirit present in your life, it can be a book. But when the Holy Spirit is present in your life and you're allowing Him to work in your life, the, the, the words on those pages will jump out and they will change you because the Holy Spirit changes you. Words are words. But when they are... How do I say this? Um, when they are empowered by the Holy Spirit, when they are given to you by the Holy Spirit, they will change your life. How I many of you guys have read the Bible? Got nothing out of it? Gone back a week later, two weeks later, and they're like, I didn't get anything out of that passage. You read it again, you're like, oh my gosh, just changed my life. Yep, we've all been there. Yes, we've read Scripture and be like, that doesn't make sense because we haven't invited the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom on how to gain wisdom from that and how it, for it to change your life. Then you read it like a week later and you're like, how did I not get that? How did I not get that? We've done that. We all done that. But the great thing is, is once you gain wisdom on it, you can go back to that scripture and say, this is where wisdom comes from. This is where, you know, you gain uh, revelation on that scripture and you can go back to that scripture and say, this is where God changed my life. This is where the truth set me free. So what we need to do is trust his leading. And we're like, I want to hear from the Holy Spirit, but then they're like, oh, I don't really want to do what you're asking me to do. Too many people are that way. We, we're like, well, the Holy Spirit told me to do this. But it, it's a little risky, and I don't know if I really want to do it. When you felt led to do something, to look at Scripture, and you'll find the answer because he will never lead you away from what the Scripture confirms is correct. The Holy Spirit is never going to lead us into deception. He will always lead us into truth. He will always, when you're dealing with a situation, He will lead you to the answers you need in Scripture. He will lead you to the answers he, you need from the Holy Spirit. Or excuse me, from the Holy Spirit, um, from God through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is there to, as a, uh, sometimes as a messenger from God to say, you know what, I need to get uh, a word from you. And the Holy Spirit ministers to us and we hear what the Father says to us. And I think so many times we're like, well... I really want him to tell me what to do, and I want to hear from God, but we don't like the answer we receive. How many kids in here have ever not got an answer they liked? Parents tell you an answer like, hey, can we go to Culver's? No. Yeah, I know. I can't say no to my kids when it comes to that. And I like Culver's, so. Um, But saying no to your children sometimes is leading them in the spirit of truth. Sometimes saying yes to your kids can be damaging to them. People are like, I just don't want to, I don't, we don't use that word. Don't use the no word. Well, sorry, bad on you. Um, no means no means no. And sometimes God says no. And I think sometimes we have, God says no to us because we need to hear the truth. We're like, God, I'm going to go, I want to go do this. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do this. And God's like, no. You're like, but, but you're, you're supposed to love me. He's like, I do love you. That's why I said no. 
And sometimes when he, if he said yes to us on everything we wanted to do, can you imagine our lives, how messy they would be? We are really good at screwing up our own lives. I'm just saying, we are really good at it. You give us five minutes by our, in our own mind, in our own will, in our own emotions, and we're like, yes, I'm going to take over the world. And we're like, yeah, and it blows up in our face. But when we trust his leading and he says no to us now, but then he says yes to us about something else an hour later, it's not that he's saying no because he wants to be harsh. He's saying no because he's leading us in the path that is right for us. So when we trust his leading, he's going to confirm what we're dealing with in Scripture and say, this is what's going on in your life. This is how you deal with it. I'm going to show you and lead you in that. You know what? Um, John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Think about this. So he says, John is saying that Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to lead us into all truth. And he's going to speak whatever he speaks. So that means that the Father is speaking to the Holy Spirit for us and to deliver that message to us. And I like this. And it says, he will declare to you the things that are to come. What's that sound like? Does that, does that sound like, you know, um, just a, a random phrase? Or what, what does that sound like? To me, that sounds like he is going to give us prophetic words, words of knowledge, words of insight, words of correction. But he said the things to come means he's going to give us insight on what is going to come. You know, we talk about so many times we need to, like I said earlier, we need to see what culture is doing so we have insight from heaven to be able to redirect culture into where God is leading us. Do you know that a church can redirect an entire city's culture if they are led by the Holy Spirit? It doesn't take much. People are like, oh, we just have to get everybody saved. No, we don't have to get everybody saved. We would love for everybody in our town to be saved, but we know that not everybody is going to be saved. But does that mean that we can't redirect the culture of our town, the, the direction of our town, the, the prosperity of our town? We can do that because we can be led in truth and the Holy Spirit's going to give us words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and what we need to do to direct our, our areas. He's always going to lead us into truth. He's always going to lead us to the, when we're struggling with something, he's always going to lead us to where we need to go, what we need to do, and the scripture we need to read to get through that time. So when the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to, and Jesus says, he's going to declare to you the things that are to come. He's going to give you insight into your life. He's going to give you wisdom into your life. He's also going to give you insight into people's lives when you have, the time, when you have a relationship with them. You know, it's funny because um, people want prophetic words, but they don't want to follow out prophetic words. They want um, words of knowledge, but they don't want to have to be an active part in the word, the word of knowledge. They want God to give them insight into their future and what God is doing in their life, but they don't want to have to be an active participant in it. We just want God to do it for us, and I just want it to show up. kind of reminds me of... Um, like 
Aladdin's genie. He's like, poof, what do you want? He doesn't work that way. He's going to give you insight because God is a co-laborer. We are co-laboring with God. It's not God, just give it to me. I want it now. That sounds like take me to Culver's and do it now. But it doesn't work that way. It, it just, it doesn't work that way. God works with us. So if you want, are trying to receive something from God, you're going to have to be an active participant in it. The great thing is, is this, is when the Holy Spirit lives in our life, the spirit of truth is, is what he's referred to. The spirit of truth will help us discern and interpret scripture so we can extract the whole truth from every situation. 1 John 4, 6 says this, We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error or deception. We should be able to... The great thing about having a relationship with is we have the ability to reference God. God, what do you think about this? When we are deceived, when we get fooled into something we and we don't aren't going to God and saying, God, what do you think about this? We're, you guys ever had that when you're deceived and you're not going to God, you're going to other people. You're like, what do you think about this? And what do you think about this? You go to, uh, you don't go to the source of truth. You go to anything else that will give you what you want to hear and tell you what you want to hear. You know what happens with that? It ends up being a really easy path, but it leads to destruction. People are like, oh, I just, I, if I need something, I talk to my friends. I'm like, first thing I do is I talk to my, I talk to God and then my wife. Because usually God's talking to my wife and she's already got, the, already got that answer that I've been talking to God about. She's, I'm like, what do you think about this? She's like, I'm like, yep, got it. And that's the thing is we, we need to first go to God and say, you are truth. You created truth. You are the truth. But we try to go to everything else. And say, oh, I just need to get, I need to hear this and I need to hear this. First of all, go to God first. If you can't hear from God, then you talk to somebody who can hear from God well and say, I'm just struggling to hear from God. I need to hear what his truth for the situation is. I need to, I'm struggling to hear from this. And they will help you hear from God. But so many times they want to go to the person who hears from God really well and just say, tell me what I need to hear. No, it's not, it doesn't work that way. They are not a mouthpiece for telling you everything for your life. You have to go to, the, go to God and say, God, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? Lead me in truth. Lead me in the way that I should go. And you will be able to understand him. That's why I said you need to be able to learn how to tune into him. Get that running around. Get all that talking to everybody else about your situation. And start to talk to the one who can actually change it. The one who actually will give you the truth. You ever been told the truth and you didn't like it? You ever been lied to and then you find out it's a lie and then you didn't like it? Yeah. And I think every one of us have been deceived in one way. It could have been in our personal life. It could have been with a relationship. It could have been with um, jobs. Whatever it is, we've all been deceived. And it, it, what it does is it, it's, uh, it's kind of a reminder for us to be able to go and say, okay, I remember I got deceived in that. Now I have to, I had to learn how to hear God for that situation. How, how did I tap into truth? And the truth is, is that he is the, Jesus is the only way to heaven. I think so many times we don't, we don't really want to, I think 
in our culture, we're afraid to say that sometimes. And it, and it can't be. We have to say, okay, the truth is, is this. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Eternal life only comes through Jesus. A lot of people don't like to hear that. A lot of people don't want to hear that. But here's the thing is, if we're not telling them the truth, who is? If someone didn't tell us the truth, where would we be? In jail. Um, yeah. No, I'm not speaking for my wife. My wife wouldn't be in jail. Well, she might be in jail for killing me, but, you know. <laughs> but here's the thing is, we had people say some hard things to us. They told us the truth whether we wanted to hear it or not because we were young and we didn't understand how to hear from the Holy Spirit and like we do now. And I think what happened is, you know, listening to that, that interview or that, that podcast that I listened to, I said, you know what? God had given him the ability to speak into people's lives, given him the ability to give prophetic words to people, but he was deceived by a spirit and it took him, on a, uh, it took him down a path that was just insane. And, you know, you know, I struggled. I, I spent two days just thinking about that. Just like I, I was grieving for that person because I'm like, God is giving you such a gift. He's giving you a calling to do this. But you believed a lie. You believe one lie about who God created you to be. God created you in his image that you believed a lie. And now you're taken down a road that I'm like. I was just like, I was torn up by it. I'm like, God has so much better for you than this. And, you know, I think as you, as you get into, uh, for Sarah and I know this, is there's times where we've watched people, and especially um, throughout the years, just grieve for people and watch them go off on a, on a weird path and, and, and just, you know, lifestyle changes and, and sexuality and it's like God did not create us for this. But here's the thing is we told them the truth and the truth would have set them free. But here's the thing is the truth will set you free if you want it to set you free. But if you want to stay in chains, if you want to stay bound to the, the world system, if you want to stay bound to the enemy, it will offend you. You know, it wasn't like, oh, well, this is what's going to happen to you. No, we spoke the truth and love to them because we cared about them. When you care about someone, especially in the body of Christ, you are going to speak up. Do it in a loving manner. But you know what? When people are deceived, when they're, they're fooled, and you're like, what in the heck? But you know what? Like for the last 20 years, watching people go down that path and just like Sarah and I just have these discussions like, what the heck happened? because they didn't attune their ear to what Jesus was saying. They didn't attune their ear to what the Scripture was saying. They tuned their ear into whatever someone else was saying to them. Oh, it's okay. You can do this. You can live this way. God still loves you. Yes, He still loves you, but He doesn't mean that it is the correct path for you. We have two choices. Jesus even said, He said, you have the narrow path, which leads to life, and you have the wide path, which is stinking easy. It's four lanes of traffic, and nobody's in there, and it's super easy to get where you want to go but it's going to lead to destruction. But Jesus said, I am the truth, the life, and the way. 
So think about this. If Jesus says, I am the way, it's pretty self-evident that he is the way. But when we go on our own side road, bunny trail of life, and we want to live how we want to live, and we want to live our Christian life how we want to live, we are being deceived. So we need to start to realize, and if that's you today, we need to start to realize that we may be deceived in some areas. And we may be doing things that we think are okay and what God wants us to do. And that he's just okay with it. And here's the thing, and I'm not justifying that person's lifestyle. I'm not justifying their choices. But I'm saying that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we all need truth in our life. And that's where truth comes in is Jesus, is repentance. When we start to repent and we say, you know what, I need a Savior. I need someone that knows more than me to lead me. We can't do it on our own. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me. And so what? We have to make Jesus Christ Lord. And we have to say, I'm going to submit my will, my thoughts, my emotions, my feelings, everything that I'm in me over to you. And it says, take every thought captive. That means we need to take every thought captive. So when that thought came into that person's head, they should have said, you know what? That really doesn't line up with the word of God. Well, what people do is like, well, I just try to, you know, it's just for a certain time. It's for a certain group of people. It's for a certain age. That was Old Testament. So, you know, that's just excuses we make when we don't want to hear the truth and we don't want to take our thoughts captive and we don't want the truth to set us free. So what we do is this, is the spirit of truth will lead us into revelation. It will lead us into understanding where God, who God has for us and where God is leading us to go. And the great thing is, is this, is God created us in his image, man and woman. And it says that a man shall leave his mother and his father and he'll cleave to his wife. That is God's plan for family, sexuality, and, there, and pretty much, if you sum it up, that is the truth. So God, you, we can hear culture say, well, you know, it's, it's okay for this. And we can have to, uh, certain churches saying, it's, it's okay for this. No, we have to look at Scripture and say, is that okay in God's Word? Because if it isn't okay in God's Word, then it's not okay. So when we think we're deceived, or we know we're deceived, what do we do? Repentance. Repentance has to come back into our heart and say, you know, I, I repent for what I've done. I was fooled. I was tricked. I was bamboozled, whatever you want to call it. God, I repent for what I've done, and I need you to lead me in truth. It's pretty simple. I think sometimes we struggle with saying we're sorry to God. You know, because our own pride, our own, well, I, you know, well, you know, it wasn't really my fault. It was so-and-so's fault, and, you know, they tricked me, and it still led to the same spot. So I think we need to have repentance in our heart and come to God and say, God, what have I been deceived in in my life? Is there areas in my life I'm being deceived in right now, and what do I do to change those? What, what is the truth that I need to hear, and what do I do to change those, and how are you going to help me? Let's pray.